It's great to see everyone this morning. Um, I looked outside a while ago. I, you know, the way it comes and goes, it's probably stopped now. But a little while ago, if you were in the building and didn't look, it was really coming down. Like, I couldn't believe how hard it was snowing. Huge flakes. It was like the West Coast. You know, when the West Coast is always a little bit warmer and so it starts to rain or snow, I mean, the flakes out there can be absolutely massive because it's just so much wetter. And that's what it looked like a few moments ago. I thought I was in Victoria for a moment. Except uh, in Victoria, they probably got flowers growing everywhere. <laughs> probably probably 20 degrees <laughs> god has blessed our church so richly in so many ways sometimes though we have to go through various trials and right now the coglin family is going through a trial for sure i, I think you most of you have probably heard this by now that trina coglin has been diagnosed with breast cancer uh it is it appears to be treatable and they are treating it she had her first chemo treatment on friday uh, there are some other spots outside of her breast on uh, a CAT scan that they are watching. Uh, some of these are on her lung. They're very tiny spots in her lungs, but they think that those probably are something else. Uh, but they're so small that they can't actually even test them, and so they just want the chemotherapy to take care of them. She does have a couple of spots on her liver that they actually are suspecting are just kind of some fatty tissue or something and unrelated to her cancer as well but they do have the capacity i guess to do a biopsy on those so there are still some tests that have to be done in order to confirm exactly where she's at but for now she's receiving chemotherapy and they're hoping that that will just take care of the problem we're going to fix it all though because i'm going to lead us in prayer and god is going to continue to bless mike and trina would you pray with me please lord god we put our sister absolutely in your hands and we pray your blessing on trina and on michael that they would have confidence and peace and rest in you father you've given us amazing means in our world for fixing things like cancer uh, people can go through treatments and be healed and we have all confidence that in this case that's going to happen but god you are in control of her life whether you heal her through your direct means uh, through the Holy Spirit doing something in her life to heal her, whether you use, you use medical means or whatever it is. We don't, we don't care how you do it, God, but we are praying. It's our request, our prayer, that you would heal her. And we pray this with faith. We're looking forward to hearing good news about uh, Trina being healed of her cancer. And so we put her in your hands. Uh, we rest her, her life completely in you. God, we pray always that your will would be done. Our will is that you would heal our friend and our sister. And please do that, God, we pray, through Christ. Amen. Yesterday, I had the, the blessing and the privilege of spending all day long with uh, 16 other leaders from our church family, elders, staff, their wives. Uh, we went out to a retreat center at Chestermere and just enjoyed a whole day together, talking about our church, planning about the future, thinking about our ministry. It was a rich blessing. Uh, there were people gathered there yesterday, people that you know well, who are absolutely saints in the church. Uh, you know, Darcy Pollock was there. Darcy is a wonderful man. Like, I really praise the Lord for Dar Darcy Pollock and who he is. Uh, God has blessed him richly. Linda Asen was there, and I watched Linda serve here all the time. You know, Linda and Steve live a ways away from the building, but she's probably here, on average, I would guess, at least three, maybe four times a week, on average, outside of Sunday, doing things in, uh, for our, and in our church. 
It's incredible the way that that woman serves. Uh, she just gives herself completely to that. I think of someone like Wayne McCaig, who has, for his whole life, basically as an adult, been serving the Lord, and so much of it here. For 18 years, Wayne McCaig did youth assembly. 18 years. I can't imagine doing it for 18 minutes. And he did it for 18 years. So, I, you know, there are people among us who have served God so well. And that's because God is so good. Like he has given us each other and he's made us the church family that we are, bringing us together and allowing us to serve him together. And it, it is so easy for us to take that for granted. Like we can come here on a Sunday morning and, you know, you get here and uh, hopefully everything is functioning the way it should and we can come in and the heat's on and the lights are on and we walk in and we sit down and, the, you know, the PowerPoint's all working and the songs are coming off and we just can take all of that for granted. But all of it demands people who are willing to serve and give themselves completely to the Lord in service. We have some staff members who do this full time, but it c- takes all kinds of people. Like I, I did... Uh, a look just in the last few days in preparation for yesterday, a look at how many people are involved in our church in different forms of ministry. And it's well over a hundred people who are doing things in our church family in, in specific kinds of ministries. So all of this is an incredible blessing. I'm so grateful that God blesses us with the opportunity to do ministry. It is a privilege. So wonderful is that, that Melissa Pollock has written a couple of poems about ministry in our church. And John Casella is going to come right now and just read these. One of these from the perspective of somebody that we have been serving, and then one of these from the perspective of that one who serves. John? My name is Don. I am a church guest. You opened your doors and gave me some rest from the cold and harsh life out on the street where life pushed me down and off of my feet. I once was a man with a job and a home, food on the table and a dog with a bone, a wife and two kids. My life was complete until tragedy hit and I could not compete. Health concerns and financial demands overwhelmed my mind and tied my hands One loss after another, and I could not cope. My new way of surviving was alcohol and dope. Day after day, I struggled for shelter and food, a safe place to lay my head and a bite of food to eat. The luxuries of a refrigerator, a shower, and a bed are all long gone, just faint memories in my head. Despair settled into my lonely heart. No hope in tomorrow for a new start until I came here to visit with you, where I am welcome with a new view. I was met with kindness at the front door. It struck my heart right to the core, a warm handshake, people asking my name, with a genuine, I'm so glad you came. A prayer to the Lord for all his good blessings, followed by a delicious meal and all of the fixings. Enough for seconds, and with dessert, too, my stomach was not sure just what to do. You saw through my missing teeth to the true me, a person of value and worth and all that I could be, filled more with a meal, food for the soul, reflecting God's love, making me feel whole. I look forward to Wednesdays for our lunch. It, the best day of the week, I enjoy the whole bunch. Thank you, church, for all that you do. And may God truly bless all of you.
We are the church. We are the church of Christ, Christ's church, placed here in Marlboro after a long search. Years have passed and our purpose is now known, serving the community with whom our love has grown. Reaching out with Jesus' hands and heart, meeting the needs of others and doing our part, proving, providing clothes for families who are without, making food for the hungry who are down and out. Packing lunches for children learning at school, mowing lawns and fixing fences, living the golden rule. Teaching English and making new friends, the possibilities of ministry will never end. God knew what he was doing when he placed us here. He was preparing our souls to live without fear, to embrace the multitude of colors and nationalities and enjoy the many unique and beautiful personalities. Our church has grown in depth of spirit and insight as we share the gospel of God's love day and night to our neighbors and friends in our community, joining us together in God's will of peace-filled unity. We've been doing that. And life after life is blessed, I think, when they serve God in that way through the ministry that we have. He's, he's just given us a special privilege, a blessing, an honor to be able to serve Him the way that we do. But it's interesting the way that those who serve him, who are blessed most, are those, I think, who capture, who, who get this idea of what service is supposed to be and the way that it in turn blesses us as we serve and as we give to the point where they want to do this. Um, on Wednesday, the teenagers from our church were responsible for uh, serving the lunch that we have here on, on Wednesday at noon. So we had all the guys show up and ladies who were here, and all these teenagers came, and then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, June Reed showed up. And it's interesting because June wasn't on the list. Nobody had assigned June that day to serve food. Uh, it wasn't as though you know she'd seen the opportunities and put her name down and showed up because it was her, her time. June just came on Wednesday to serve. I think simply because she wanted to. She just wanted to be here to serve and be part of what we were doing. So she got down here and she, honestly, she was here for a while. She looked around. She saw the teenagers that they had it absolutely taken care of. And after a while, she said, you know, I really don't need to be here. And she, and she left. But I was so grateful that she showed up just because she wanted to be a part of the service that we were offering to these guys and ladies who come in off the street and that we give lunch to. And I thought, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? That we long actually to serve? That we look for ways within the body of Christ to honor God and to be there for others, to serve in His name? Like, I think that's how it's supposed to be. I don't think we're supposed to have this sense of obligation. Oh, I have to do this. In fact, if I don't do this, I might lose my salvation or something. Of course not. God longs for us to want to serve in His name. It's kind of like this. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And this is interesting because the way Paul uses grace here is different than we normally take it. 
He gives to the Macedonian churches a certain grace. What's the grace that he gives them? In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. This this specifically says that it was out of their extreme poverty and their longing to serve that they gave. No compelling here. No compulsion. They didn't have to do this. They looked for opportunities to serve and to give. Well, we aren't talking specifically today about financial giving. This is just an example. It's an incidence of what it means in the Lord's body to serve. And the kind of attitude that is supposed to be there when it comes to our service. In fact, I would say something like this. Service to the Lord in the church is simply such a blessing. Being blessed with the opportunity to serve is a grace from God. It is a gift. And we tend not to look at it that way. We tend to think in terms of obligation. We tend to think in terms of, well, this is a burden for me. I've got all kinds of other things going on. How can the church expect me to do all this stuff? When all the time, God is simply wanting us to be blessed. You've heard the expression, cleanliness is next to godliness. You know that's not in the Bible? It's not. You've heard the expression, the Lord helps those who help themselves. Not in the Bible. And I know some of you are thinking right now, seriously? It's not. Those aren't biblical quotations. But let me show you one this morning that is. And this comes from Paul as he's writing to the Ephesian elders. In the book of Acts, uh, he's not writing to the Ephesian elders. He's in Acts. Uh, He's not in Acts either. The story is in Acts talking about how Paul is speaking to the Ephesian elders and explaining to them that he's never going to see them again. He's going to go off and do ministry. Uh, He may end up in Spain. We don't know, but he's going to be imprisoned. He's eventually going to die. And Paul is not going to see these guys again. And as he gets to the tail end of what he's going to say to them, he says this, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. Now, this is interesting because these words are not found anywhere in the Gospels. You don't find this in one of the four Gospels. This is one of those sayings that apparently is passed down from Christian to Christian, talking about what the Lord Jesus said, but the Gospel writers and the Holy Spirit chose not to put it in the Gospels. It just comes from some remembrance, and Paul hears it. And so Paul quotes it. Jesus himself said... And this one is in the Bible. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And he was so right. He was so right. Recently, I was listening to one of those whom we serve lunch on Wednesdays talk about how nice it is that we care about him the way that we do. And here's a fact. He does know that he's loved. He knows it because of the service that we render to him. And then the fact that he knows it 
ends up coming back to those of us who serve him as an incredible blessing. Because when I hear a homeless guy say to me, I feel loved by you. Do you know how that makes me feel? It is so wonderful to have somebody who does not typically go around feeling loved say to me, your ministry, your church, what you are doing is of great blessing to me. When I hear that, I think, man, that feels good. To know that we are doing something really wonderful, really blessing someone who needs to have that blessing. Another guy, and some of you have met James. He came by the building a few days ago. Jonathan and I were here by ourselves. James come, came by, actually, I wasn't here right in the beginning. I came kind of halfway through. But James came by only to share with us the fact that he looked like he was probably going to get into this job training program. And James has been out of work for, I don't know, a year, two years. I don't know how long he's been out of work. But it looks as though he's going to be in a job training program. This is a fellow who spends most of his time grieving because he can't work by drinking. And so he's here sharing with us the fact that he thinks he's going to get into this job training program. Man, did that feel good. And it felt good because he was sharing it with us. You know, when you live on the streets and you've got great news about something, who are you going to share it with? Like, are you going to go find another drunk and share with them some really good news knowing that they probably aren't going to remember tomorrow at all what you said to them? Or they're going to be jealous because you're the one getting into the job program and they're not. Or if you do get this job, they're probably going to want some of your money. But James wanted to come and share it with us because we've built relationship with him. There's love experienced between us, and that feels really good. And so James knows that we are happy for him, thrilled for him if he gets into this job program. In fact, I'd love it if you would pray. If you um, if you're looking this week and you're praying about something and your mind goes blank for a moment, you think, whoa, what should I pray for now? James, pray for our friend James and ask God to bless him that he might get into this job training program. It's a wonderful thing. And we have a chance to bless this guy richly. And I'll tell you, if he gets in, there's going to be some happy people around here because we're praying for that guy and we want good things for him. And it brings joy to our lives to know that God is blessing him and gives us the chance to serve. One of the things I've noticed about dealing with these people is that there is no honor among thieves. That's not in the Bible either. (laughs) They will get mad at each other over over nothing. Um, Good friends, we have seen, accuse each other of things. At least three times... We've had guys who have come to the lunch and then we find out later that so-and-so is not coming to the lunch. And the reason they're not coming to lunch is because the guy that is at the lunch has had some kind of row with the guy who is not coming to the lunch. And so they can't come and sit at table each other with each other because there's a problem between them. Well, they experience this kind of thing on a regular basis. And so they're always, got, they've got some kind of struggle and difficulty and, and thing that's always there that prevents them from being as joy-filled and as happy and as productive as we would love for them to be. 
this week as the teenagers were serving them food, uh, right across the table, like there's four teenagers standing and, and giving food to these guys as they walk by, and all of a sudden two of them, just across the table, this far away, they start having a fight across the table from our teenagers as we're trying to serve them food. And those guys go through this kind of thing all the time. One guy just slammed his plate down and walked out and said, I'm not staying. And his wife, or the woman he's with, she grabbed one of our plates and had it filled with food and she went right out after him with our plate. And that's, that's who they are. That's the kind of things that, that, that they have to do all the time. My point is, is that we begin to build relationships with these people who are in a world of hurt in all kinds of ways. And we are offering them something wonderful, something rich, something that we take for granted, something that they can't begin to experience. Others around us everywhere live out their lives in contexts of unsettledness. They make choices that lead them them down paths of great sadness and grief. They are addicts. They are lonely. They are broken. They are sad. We see them cry. We see them hurt. And while they are extreme cases, many of them that we deal with here, here's a truth. It is that these that we serve share life on a sliding scale of pain with thousands of others who may have homes to live in, access to food, a shower every day, and who smell much sweeter, but who are in their own ways broken and hurting. This is the case. And they are around you everywhere. And you have a chance, because of what God has done for you in Jesus Christ, to do something in the lives of these people. You have a chance to serve them. You have a chance to bless them. You have a chance to do something for them, which for us might seem like a small thing, which becomes huge for them. You can live in a really nice house and still be lonely and brokenhearted. You can drive a really nice car but find yourself cruising the expressway with tears streaming down your face. So many of of the people that we deal with and that you have around you all the time have no idea what it's like to receive the blessings that we receive by being in the church. They have no clue. They don't know what it's like to have someone else fix you meals when you're sick and have been in the hospital. They don't know what it's like to have someone care for your children when you go to have a biopsy. They don't know what it's like to have someone hold you tightly because they heard about your broken heart. They don't know the pure joy that we can experience when we share with someone else who knows Christ that God has answered a prayer that we've prayed about for years. They don't know what it's like to have a new brother or sister in the Lord who days before was an unredeemed sinner but who now is absolutely pure in the eyes of God, washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. They don't know that. But we know that. We have these blessings and privileges and we have a chance to share all these wonderful things with someone else who doesn't know these things. One day I was discussing with someone 
We were talking about a common acquaintance of ours. And they were talking a bit negatively and saying, well, this friend of ours shouldn't have to do all that in the church. They shouldn't have to do all this in the church. How come we're expecting this of them? And they kept talking. And as I, I listened and I thought, you've totally missed it. Like, I can't believe you've been in the church so long and you don't get it. You see the service of our friend, this offering that they make to God, as some kind of burden to her. This is no burden. This is service to her king. She counts it a privilege and a blessing to be serving these others with such needs because it is indeed a rich blessing. Your attempt to discount her service as a burden and try to explain that she shouldn't have to do this or shouldn't have to do that for the Lord is to degrade her offering to her Lord. You're missing the fact that by doing something for Christ, especially when the service you offer is directly beneficial to someone else who is hurting in some way, is one of the great privileges that we have as Christians, and it is certainly one of the most fulfilling. I think this is absolutely true. God has blessed us with this rich, wonderful opportunity. What we do for Christ when we serve those who hurt is of great blessing to them, and it's such great blessing to us. It just keeps coming back to us. They have a chance to experience something through our service that they'll likely receive in no other way. But then we, in our service to them, we end up being blessed in ways that we will receive in no other way. I love being in a church that wants to serve the people of our community, not only because it's a blessing to them, but because it's a blessing to us as well. And so thank you, church, for the privilege that you give me of serving. Thank you. Because it is such a blessing in my life to be able to serve our Savior, Jesus Christ, while working for you and with you, part of this body. It is just such a privilege and a blessing. Now, it's likely then in the coming week, the things of this world are going to distract you some. You'll get caught up in building bigger barns or the busyness of life like a Martha or the worries of life from which the birds of the air are, Jesus says, free. They don't experience all our worries. And these don't even have to be burdens for you. It could be that you love the things that you're working for. You may love seeking worldly treasures. You may simply find yourself working hard. Going after all it is that God says that we can have in Him. But He also says that we have to have it by the sweat of our brows. And so we work hard at that. And you may enjoy the challenge of all those things. But while that's going on, I hope that in some moment in the coming week, that you choose to stop And to thank God for the privilege you have of being his servant. Thank him for the opportunities you have to give back something of what he has given you. 
and do something for someone else in the way that Christ has done something for you because it's a privilege and a blessing and it will come back to you. What you'll find is that for every opportunity of service that you don't let slip by, every chance that you have to give yourself to another, every sacrifice that you make, what you'll find is that it comes back to you in some kind of blessing. I guarantee it. And the reason I know that is because it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And God honors that. And He will honor it in your life if you give yourself to Him in that kind of service. Let's pray. Lord, I believe every word that I've spoken today. I believe that you bless us when we serve others. And I've seen it time and time and time again. I've experienced it so many times in my life. You shower down blessings through your spirit on us when we give ourselves to others in service. So it's almost, it's almost selfish of us, God, to serve you. Because you never let that go forth without bringing it back to us. And, and so often it's sevenfold the blessing that we receive when we've given ourselves to you like that. And so God, I'd pray that you would give each one of us a, a thankful, grateful heart this morning for the opportunity we have to serve you. And just keep pouring forth your blessings through your spirit whenever we serve. Bless those that we know hurt so badly and who need our service so much. Bless them as we serve them. And then just keep showering us, Father, also with, with that blessing that comes to us when we do. It's just such a beautiful thing that we experience in you, God, as we give ourselves to you. Help us all to experience that. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.